Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Game Informer Show, a weekly podcast covering the video game industry. Join us every Thursday for discussions about the latest gaming news, reviews, and exclusive reveals alongside Game Informer staff and special guests around the industry. We got one of those today. Uh, I'm your host, Kyle Hilliard, and I'm joined by the person who's usually the host but has a busy day ahead of him. It's Alex Van Aken. What's up, Alex? Hey, Kyle. Thanks for thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, busy day. I'm going to be on for about half the episode. So you're hosting this week. Very gracious of you to do so. Uh, yeah, you're welcome. But I'm glad to be here. Uh, Charles Hart is also with us. What's up, Charles? Hello. On on the soundtrack, I said the only word I know that rhymes with Charles is snarls. Uh, this is not <laughs> true. The other word is yarls. It's the plural and of the word. Could you use yarls in a sentence, please? Uh, in Skyrim, there are many yarls that govern the towns <laughs> oh. around the map. Oh, <laughs> damn it. You just, I tried to put you on the spot and you won. Uh, we're also joined by that special guest I referenced earlier, Sarah Thwaites. What's up, Sarah? Hello. Thanks for having me. This is like my second time, but first in video. So I got Ooh. dressed is up. Is it really? Yeah, li- literally. Oh, yeah. I was so grateful last time because I was like, I don't want to be on camera. But now I'm like yeah. a movie, movie star, so here we are. Oh, yes, yeah, you're, yes. You're really putting us all to shame. You, you look great. And like the rest of us are like T-shirt, hat, you know, cardigan. I put I on this cardigan. I think yeah. the cardigan. I was going to say the cardigan's like a look. That's a choice. Thank right, you. right. Uh, but yeah, we got we got a bunch of random stuff to talk about because like there's there's um there's a lot. I feel like I, it's, it's not fair to say like little games because we are talking about some big games. But I've I've played like a number of like demos for games I really like, and then we don't really have any big, huge games that like we've been looking forward to. Like we'll be talking about Rebirth soon, you know. Um, but we've got things like Hell Divers, Liz Fanga, Mario vs. Donkey Kong, Tomb Raider Remastered uh, came out yesterday. If you're listening to this podcast today, came out and a bunch of other little things, and and I think we dive right into it we put our special guest on the spot and and we hear about Helldivers 2 because i'm curious about sort of the reception i had a friend text me the other day uh who was like hey should i play Helldivers?" and i was just like i i don't i don't know i haven't touched it i have no idea uh but sarah you are reviewing it for game informer and um and you and you're not done your review i, I even at the time of sort of posting this episode i i don't think the review will be on the site so don't feel like you need to commit to a score or anything like that but please tell us uh how is hell divers are, are you enjoying it so far i was like when i first I, I didn't really play the first one when it came out and i was like oh that looks great for me and i think i'd enjoy it but this has been like what a surprise i was so shocked it's like so much fun i'm currently playing with my partner um which is like revealed so many cracks that we probably need to solve in our communication (laughs) um i either like i found this out that either i'm the laziest person on earth i'm like you go and like i'm just gonna hang back here i'm gonna go like find loot and do whatever i want and just like be a menace or alternatively i'm like drill sergeant like get behind me reload like get over there this way that way and it's like and it's it's one or the other and i don't think either is acceptable in a relationship (laughs) (laughs) well so the first game was more of like an isometric, right? Wasn't it? And then this one's now like a full co-op third-person shooter. Yeah. I, like I really have not looked. Other the things that have like floated to the surface for me are people sharing like clips of calling down missile strikes. Yeah. Uh, and that's kind of like all I know about the game is that you can call down missile strikes using using D-pad combos. D- yeah. By the so- way. 
This is like, I think the best part of the whole game. And I saw someone tweet about being like, get a dance mat involved in this like right now. Yeah. Thought, How cool would it be? They're called like your stratagems and they're like these kind of like special like offensive and defensive uh, like things you can deploy essentially as you play. Um, but it is, it's like a D-pad, like up, down, left, left, right kind of thing to get either to call down like friends or ammunition or like missiles from your ship. And it's like such a clever way to be so like strangely complicated, but not at all complicated at the same time. It just Are is, you memorizing combos? Yeah, you have to. Well, only the really important ones are worth. Well, that's not true at all. I'm lying. You definitely have to memorize combos. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Trying to make it sound. Appe- like, it's like they're on the screen for you. Always. Yes. Yeah. Like, but oh, if you want to okay. do it quickly, which in many times you want to, then it's well yeah. worth memorizing them. At least the basic ones that you like love for sure. It's so fun, though. I think it like it really disarms you. When you get into it, because it, it seems like it almost is this very intense, like, you're going to go get them and you got to, like, save the day and, like, you're a team. And then you're just, like, out there, like, do, 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 <laughs> at the same time. And it's, like, it makes it so fun and silly and approachable whilst also being, like, so intense. <laughs> it Well, it depends. Okay. If, if your teammates are getting along, it's maybe not as intense, but. Is there is there like a campaign, like a story with a beginning, middle and end? Or is it no. mostly you're just doing runs with friends? It's so, yeah, I might let talk to I don't explain. Now, Sarah, you'll have to help me remember. I don't remember. I played the first Helldivers, but it's been so long. So I don't remember if there was, if it's a similar structure to the original, but in Helldivers 2, think of almost like Star Wars Battlefront's Galactic Conquest map, where you're looking at a star system and there are like multiple battlefronts, for lack of a better word. Uh, yeah. <laughs> amongst the stars and like you're fighting for control over planets it's like that so it takes place you you load into your ship and that's the the place where you can like buy new stratagems with with currency that you've like that with like whatever whatever the resource is i don't remember what it is exactly but there's uh, a few different ones to like yeah yeah and you get them by just doing missions and doing side activities in the missions that kind of thing um and that's where you can buy new stratagems you can uh, unlock new um, arm or yeah armor and equipment and guns, uh, and that's also where you like select your missions and invite your friends, and then you all load in together from from your ship. Uh, but yeah, you're kind of looking at the star map, and it's it's like a shared it's a shared universe in a way. Like you could like you you can see <sighs> yeah like how many people are going. Yeah, yeah, it tells you like. 45,000 people are online right now and here are like your global goals like your play the player base itself has goals that you work together to complete so it's like okay if you liberate this planet this week you're going to get these rewards and okay i even saw like uh the player base liberated they accomplished something i don't know if they liberated a new planet or what like fully liberated it but on Twitter, the devs were talking about you've now unlocked a new planet, and so now everybody can oh. play new missions. So on everyone's that working together. Toward- yeah. Oh, that's interesting. That's sick. It's yeah, like really like- fun because when you complete a mission on the planet that you're like liberating, it'll tell you the percentage that you've liberated. So like, even though it's one percent, you're like hell yeah. Especially with- when you're on like maybe it's like seventy two, and when you get it below seventy, you think. Like, that's amazing. Like, you feel it's kind of funny. It's like it's a multiplayer with everyone, but you don't interact with everyone. 
it's yeah. kind of it's just the common goal does make it feel like really really fun as, as much as it's like incredibly fun as a multiplayer with your friend group and like it's like perfect it kind of reminded me of like the kind of sensation i got playing left for dead 2 which i know is like a massive thing to say but like yeah. my friends and i still play left for dead 2 frequently yeah because you have good taste thank you <laughs> but i think <laughs> it's game. It's the same kind of like, it feels really collaborative in a similar way where you all have to be on the same page and and that kind of thing. But then with that like otherworldly thing where everyone's working together, it just creates this really fun dynamic where you do feel like a bit of a community. And yeah, I just think that's like such a, it was so clever. It seems so like obvious when I, like when you play it, but it is really, really clever. I love that. Cause like my thing uh, with multiplayer in general is like, I just get bored really quickly of doing the same thing over and over. Right. And it's like, I just am like, all right, I get it. And then I'm kind of out, which is just like a matter of taste. I know that's not the case for most people. Like they love the competition of like perfecting that sort of thing over and over, you know, but it's just, that just doesn't appeal to me. But like the idea that like you're all, everything you're doing is working towards a larger goal across the whole game is really, I really like that a lot. Cause like Metal Gear Solid five had that thing where there was a reward for like everyone dismantling every nuclear weapon in the game, which is like, I always liked that theoretically, but I was like, it's just too big an ask. Like you can't get every game, every person who's played Metal Gear Solid 5 on the same page. Cause there's like tons of players like me who just stopped playing who I don't even know if I, I probably am the problem with Metal Gear Solid (laughs) 5, you know, for all I know. Uh, That's really cool. I did not know about that. That actually like raises my eyebrow. It makes me kind of be like, do I need to, do I need to be part of the resistance and like yeah. help everything? <laughs> do I need to do my part, Starship Troopers style? It literally, it feels so much like that. And yeah. it's just like so, I don't know, like the humor is also like really attractive. It's just so like silly. Like it is just like very Starship Troopers, like nothing. Okay. Yeah, it makes too much sense. Yeah, it's like right. certainly like a parody of like nationalism and and that whole kind of thing. And it's like, you know, blind faith in your country, in this case, in your planet. And and then, like, they just don't give a shit about you. All right. Yeah. Down. Uh, <laughs> yes. Well, actually, I guess yeah. I should write it down. The one taken. It also, <laughs> it literally also, literally also, that's silly. It has friendly fire as well, which is, like, funny. Because the first, like, we dropped, <laughs> first mission, right? We dropped me and John are dropping. And we go, I'm like, this is going to be so fun. And he's like, pull up your map. And I shot him in the back of the head because I like wasn't paying attention. (laughs) And I was like, okay, (laughs) okay, got to remember that. And then it's like so many times like we were fighting aliens and it was really crowded. And I like punched him to death, which was like stupid. And I had to like, it was just, and it's like those things that like really remind you. It's like, it's so silly. So then you don't have to take it so seriously if you don't want to. And you can just have fun and play with people that yeah. might not be like definitely into this style of game, which I really, really enjoy. One of my favorite uh, weapons in the game is the it's the recoilless rifle. And it's like this. It's this bazooka um, that can you can. The cool part is like there's a backpack that comes with it. Like you can you can have the bazooka and then you have a backpack with like a bunch of missiles on you. Uh, and so if you're using it by yourself. Uh, and you really need to use it later on in the game, like in the harder levels, because there are like giant robots and or like aliens that are essentially like tanks. And so this is one of those anti-tank weapons. And so if you're using it by yourself, it takes forever to reload each missile and you could totally do it. Or you can give the backpack to a friend, they equip it. And then if they walk up to to the side while you're uh, while you're holding the 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 
the the weapon. Sorry. Jesse had the, I was playing with Jesse Vitelli, friend of the show. He had the rifle and I had the backpack on. And so I was pressing A and holding A. And so whenever he shot, my character would reload the the weapon for him. And we were just like walking together. Like it was like my character was stuck on follow on him. Like it, it was all my, I was, I was like, I had agency, right? But like he was like guiding us. And when he walked forward, my character walked forward and I was literally just holding a button and like, it was hilarious because we're we're just like Beavis and Butthead uh, with this re- <laughs> recoilless rifle. And meanwhile, we're getting yelled at by uh, another friend of the show, Sean Thomas from Square, and uh, he was like, "I really need your help right now." And we're like, "We're we're they're flanking us. We're 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 doing we're this. A, we're, we're having a cute moment." <laughs> yeah. He's like, "They're literally not flanking you. I'm looking at both of you, <laughs> and you're doing. You're literally just laughing and walking around because like." You can kind of crab walk together, like if one person uh, crouches while the other person, you know, holds onto their gun. You just both kind of do this awkward crouch walk thing. Uh, it's just a silly game, but like, yeah, there's really fun mechanics like that that really they do a great job of taking something that another game might automate through an animation or like a single button press and make yeah. it more involved, like like the uh, the. Uh, strategy oh, yeah, yeah 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 stratagems like in another game like yeah you just like you press the bumper and then you press a button and then you aim it and you're good right and this for instance let's say you want to call down like a special item okay well i'm holding the shoulder button now let me do the button combo uh then that activates the ability for me i throw it on the ground it shoots down in like this really cinematic and stylish fashion then it raises up the pod opens up and i can grab my thing right instead of just like you know, making it largely like it, 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 it just kind of like takes everything over the top in a really fun way. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's and, honestly it, so fun. <laughs> and moment to moment, I mean, it's, it's like a wave based shooter, right? You're like fighting with like a bug aliens, right? Is that kind of. The yeah. map has like when you land, you've got like areas that are like uh, more populated with enemy types. And mm-hmm. it kind of like depends on where you gravitate. Like you try to land. Well, I mean, I try to land away from. You can land wherever you want, really. But I try to land away from them. And then you can also go around and, like, loot. Like, you you have an objective and you can do the objective and leave. But you, like, way like benefit way more from kind of, like, spending more time there. But then you're more likely to just, like, find enemies as they, like, are around. And they come out of, um like, these holes in the ground. You can throw grenades down to, like... It's like them. emergence holes from Gears. Yeah. Okay. And you have to throw the grenade in there just like <laughs> Gears to blow up the emergence hole. It's great. But they, they, they kind of just, yeah. And it... They appear sort of everywhere and you just fight them like that. I don't think it feels so like calculated as waves, even though like it might mechanically be. Um, you just kind of it's it's so random sometimes that like you okay. can find yourself in like any set type situation, no matter how prepared you are or where you are on the map, you might just like get bombarded, which is fun. Yeah. And it seems like some of them roam together in packs. Like you can just like I remember like looking at the landscape and seeing like bugs crawling together in the distance. And then one of the bigger ones noticed me and then the, all of them just start coming towards me and I'm just like, Oh no, like and book it. Uh, it feels like very organic in that way. Yeah, definitely. Okay, cool. I want maybe one last question, which I like, I hesitate to even dive in too much because often when I hear complaints about microtransactions and like pay to win things, I, like usually I read them less as like a complaint about a, a specific game as much as there are complaints about the concept of microtransactions, which I also dislike. 
Um, but Helldiver seems to be like the latest scapegoat for it. Is it is it overbearing? Is it is it really a problem, or is it is it kind of like the typical compare? You know, the same as every other game that features them. It's sort of hard to say. I think it does play like yeah. a big part in it, to a okay. degree. But it's it's sort of like I'm sort of delving into that, and I think in the review I'll probably go more in depth about like how that system works in the game, kind of thing, because it's sort of one of those that like you have to investigate to sort of really know fully. I haven't really noticed it too much as like an impact on my how I'm playing, but I think it definitely could have the capacity to, and especially later down the line, like how it looks maybe in like a year from now, what then will sure. be the case and things like that. So uh, I definitely think in the review, I'll delve into that deeper. I think right now I, d- I don't, I mean, it's like, I, I dare not say anything because I just don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's also yeah. hard because the yeah. co- the codes we got for the game mm-hmm. came with all the, co- the yeah. like battle passes. So yeah, you definitely have to investigate to see what comes free and what comes with this battle pass because there's like there's two different battle passes in the game or or yeah i don't even know if i should call them that well yeah two different exactly tracks like, yeah. two different yeah. tracks. i mean we don't we don't have to speak to it too much if we just if we're not sure we're I not just, sure i know a complete yeah. <laughs> but there, that is an element that plays into it yes yeah i people have been i've heard pay to win Right. And it's like, I don't know what that means in context of this game. And if I don't know if you guys had any insight. And if you don't really, that's totally fine. I don't want you to make any assumptions about it. I would push back on that and maybe say pay to win in a different way than you can already win in. Like, I don't think it's making anybody OP. And keep in mind, it's a co-op game, right? Yeah. Uh, There's no PvP. But I feel just as powerful using the free stuff that you get at level one. And, And like if I'm using it correctly, right? Yeah, <laughs> uh, and like the strategy, the stratagems, and all of that—that's all there for all players. So, like, that's what you're grinding for to get more of. And like, there are a couple weapons tied to like this, these other two tracks that uh, appear to be tied to like some sort of premium pay. But like, I wouldn't say pay to win. I just say like maybe pay to make it easier for yourself. Pay lo- to ma- pay for cosmetics and yeah. maybe change, get a weapon or two. But like. Those weapons I've kind of switched off of anyways, and I'm going back to uh, the ones that I unlocked from just playing yeah. the game. So, yeah, it's it's weird. We'll have to both Sarah for the review and then just I'm going to be playing as well. And uh, if anything crops up, that's like, hey, watch out for this. Yeah, like red flag. Yeah, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll keep an eye out for that. But uh, so, I mean, my my perception hearing from both of you, no final review yet for many from either you guys, but positive good time so far right i think if you're playing with friends especially i think it's like the most fun when you're playing with people you know i think it's pretty challenging by yourself yeah but i mean you can match make with other people and there's a cool sos option where if you're having trouble in your game you can throw down an sos item it's a it's a a stratagem and uh it will call other players can come in and help you almost like a dark souls like you know ringing the bell or whatever it was but yeah it's cool i really like it before this last weekend I had zero interest in this game, and then it kind of just consumed my weekend. I spent like I think I played like seven hours since I bought it or since I downloaded it like Friday night. Wait, so. you? This is taken away from Metal Gear Solid. It has. <laughs> it has. <laughs> I know. I I am back on Metal. I started Metal Gear Solid two up last night again. Okay, so I'm back. Uh, I'm still. I just I just beat uh uh what's her name uh Olga the Russian woman Olga Fortune. No, wait, not Olga. Okay, you're still on the tanker. Yeah, I'm on the tanker still. Oh, you don't. You haven't even started, man. My playtime <laughs> says one hour. Okay, look, I'm just glad you're playing. I'm yeah. not trying to yeah. trying to, 
to make you feel bad. I have a Helldivers 2 question real quick. Yeah. Has anyone made an edit yet where you go to put in those like codes, but when you do the directions, it's like the Ocarina sounds from Ocarina of Time? <laughs> no, you should I, do that. I, you should okay. do that, yeah. I'm, I'm going to do yeah. that now. Do it. I just want to <laughs> make sure I wasn't copying anyone. I haven't no. seen it at, like on Twitter Real or anything. Mm-hmm. Okay, done. That's such a good idea. Oh. Continue with the show. <laughs> uh, gosh, I wonder if them any even do match up. That would be really funny if any of them match up. That would be wild. Um, Alex, uh, before you uh, leave us, you want to tell us a little bit about Liz Fonga? Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure how to pronounce it yet. Uh, I've okay. been calling it Liz Fonga, but I think it might be Liz Fonga. Like It might be... Yeah, I think white people might call it Lisfanga, but I don't think that's how you <laughs> properly pronounce it. If I'm being honest, and I do, I am Liz interested. I am interested the, to the know how you do because I like to pronounce it correctly. Um, but I haven't heard it said in the game yet. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, but it is a tactical uh, hack and slash game. Uh, it is being published by Spotlight by Quantic Dream, which is that new indie focused. Um, Quantic Dream effort. It's uh, developed by Sandor Studio. Um, but yeah, Lasfanga, the Time Shift Warrior, it's out now. It just came out today, the day we're recording this, February 13th. Uh, it's cool. I'm not super far in, but this is one of those games that really caught my eye at uh, Summer Game Fest uh, What was last last year. And I played it and re- it really captured me there and I really liked it. Uh, I had a really positive magazine preview for it as well. I believe, um, and yeah, the from what I played of the final release, it's it's more of what I liked. Uh, so it's it's similar to I think I've described it on the show in the past. Uh, if you remember, like Super Time Force back in the day, where like you had multiple versions of yourself to like take down enemies, it is less over the top than Super Time Force was. Like you can have, you know, instead of like. 50 versions of yourself you're talking about like a handful right but uh you're 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 exploring these ancient cities the game starts in this place called mayura uh and you're playing a protagonist named aime um and she gets this power from a goddess uh, that allows her to make remnants of herself um and you are fighting these monsters in this ancient city and effectively you have a certain amount of time to defeat all of the enemies in the arena, right? And it, you you can't do that with just one version of yourself. So you have to rely on multiple versions of yourself and that um, that you can trigger manually or after a certain amount of time, the game will just zip you back to the start of the arena as a new version of yourself. And then you'll see out old versions of yourself or other versions of your your remnants playing out the actions you just did on screen mere moments ago. And now your new version of yourself, you can go and either kill other enemies. Maybe you need to flip uh, a door switch to allow the next iteration of your remnant to be able to pass through uh, mm-hmm. to kill a person. Um, and so they're like as much of a hack and slash as it is. It's also a puzzle game, right? And there are like bonus reward. Like there are like, you get uh, like bonus ratings for, doing it quicker or, you know, and so it's like you're kind of like start, not only are you playing against the game and beating the game, but after you beat an arena, you can retry it to, if you want to like do it quicker. Uh, and that's really, really fun. I, I was actually even doing that 
at Summer Game Fest. I think I saw less of the game than maybe I should have because I was like, <laughs> I have I have to get it quicker. Um, right. And so that's like really satisfying if you like those sorts of games. Um, again, I'm pretty early, but I think this game is 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 pretty cool. I think it's right now. Uh, I was looking up looking it up on on Steam. I believe it's it's on sale right now for 19.99. Um, I, I'm gonna double check that right now because I I don't want to get that wrong. So so it is out then. It's out. Yeah yeah. People can oh, okay, go cool. go and grab it. I have it so, up, Alex. It is. Yeah. Yeah yeah. So it's it's twenty percent off right now, making it 19.99. After the the launch promo ends, it'll be 24.99. Um, but yeah, I, I've really I really enjoyed the game. It's got a cool aesthetic. Um, and just like very colorful, and you've got like these ornate ancient cities. Uh, kind of reminds me a bit of uh, Prince of Persia's art direction a little bit with like the very cool saturated colors. Granted, this is like an isometric top down, but um, it's funny because Lost Crown actually has puzzles like that you know, really deeper into the game where you have to have different versions of yourself. Okay, so yeah, and that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah they are more alike maybe than than not, but um. Yeah, I've, I've really enjoyed what I've played so far. Um, I was provided a code um, uh, by by PR, so I do want to call that out. But um, yeah, so far I, I'm this is one of the, I think this is going to be one of those games that like I need to try it out on Steam Deck um, because it's definitely one of those games. Where it's like okay, I'm going to do a few arenas. I've got 20 minutes to kill. Let me progress the story. Uh, you know, eventually it sounds like you're going to get to go to more cities than the one I'm in. Uh, and you know, it's all, you kind of like arena combat running around and exploring after that, get to a new arena. And like, before you fight, you can kind of like pan over the arena and like take, like have this like tactical view of it, uh, before you like plan out your, your route. But as you go, it obviously gets more complicated and finishing some of those complicated runs where you're like, you know, some enemies have shields, right. And you have to like have one version of yourself tanking their aggro so that they're facing that direction and the past version of yourself going around and backstabbing them to kill them. There's like really cool interactions like that, um, that this game does really well and, and really makes you feel smart. Uh, and, and also it just like feels good to play. Um, you know, some of the abilities that you have, um, on top of just like your normal hack and slash mechanics. Uh, it's a cool game. I like it a lot. And did you say, is it on steam deck? Did you say? Is I'm, it like I'm gonna verified? Check right now. Yeah. Uh, I'm does it deck. feel like it could be a Steam Deck game? Because that's sometimes what it comes down to, right? It does. <laughs> it absolutely. <laughs> okay. Does okay. Like a Steam deck game. That's uh, true. Yeah. I'm, I'm like so right convinced. Now. I'm always like, mm, that sounds interesting. And someone's like, it's deck verified. I'm like, it's being bought. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking. I'm looking right now. I wish they made it more prevalent. Uh, well, I mean, you play with a controller, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's not it's not like crazy graphically intensive. No, right? All all signs point to this being <laughs> Steam Deck compatible. Okay. Um cool. I, I forget how to Yeah, it's not coming up for me, but I, I'm pretty pretty sure if it's not, it's going to be soon. Like this yeah. is going to be a very good Steam Deck game um if it's available. So yeah, that's Lasfanga. And then I have also been playing um uh the new Apex season just launched before this pot we started podcasting so i've played it for about an hour um and i played i only played the new mode like uh one of the big modes we've been talking about in our cover story is straight shot and it's the exact same rule set as the main battle royale game but it's a small smaller version of the map like the map doesn't start out full 
uh, and it drops you in with another team to a predetermined location. All the weapons already have attachments on them, and it's uh, it's ten teams instead of twenty. So it's just like a really faster paced version of the BR, um, and it feels so good. And like that's got like the new legend upgrade system in it for you to try out and all of that. Uh, and I've just I love it so far. Uh, it feels really good. A lot of characters. I'm finding myself switching and playing characters that I never play because of this new legend upgrade system, because they're kind of like mid game perks that you unlock. That's probably the easiest way to, to talk about it. And they're unlocked via doing either getting kills or completing class actions, reviving teammates, that kind of thing. Just generally helping your team will get you points. And as you go, you level up. We've talked about it on the show recently already, but that system in in like execution feels really good in the live game. Um, and yeah, it's, it's got me playing characters. I normally don't play because I want to, I want to try out their perks because they're pretty substantial. Like lifeline has like a self revive. Now octane. Who's the, the, he was the first add on legend to the game. Is he legs guy legs guy. Yeah. From Titanfall. Um, he, uh, he now can like throw down an extra jump pad. Um, which is this old, it's, it's cool. Um, I'm liking it a lot. Is there anyone you didn't like before? I'm I'm asking this as someone that like doesn't play Apex at all. So you're probably going to give an answer and I won't even know what to do with it. But are there any characters you didn't like prior and now like their upgrades are like, oh, I'm really into this guy now. Didn't like is strong, but, um, but I would say lifeline. Um, she's somebody I never really play and her new, she has like her final perk set that you can you choose one of each. Um, it's yeah the self revive or uh, she can call down a legendary weapon crate mm-hmm. um, and get like the red tier weapons. Um, so it's like she's she's pretty she's always been viable in the meta of Apex, especially in the pro scene. But for me personally, I never played her all that much and now it seems like very compelling to to play her i think the little i have played i think i played as lifeline because she could heal people right yeah yep and i'm always like i'm not gonna kill anyone man (laughs) but if i can (laughs) heal someone a little bit then that's my part so yeah she's great if i play I'll, i'll 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 check out lifeline again yeah and hit me up if you play Yes, definitely. I would love to to shepherd you through. Odds are low, but if I do, it'll okay. be with you. Okay, <laughs> we got to be honest here on the game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, cool. but yeah, that's that's Apex for you. It's good. Yeah, you snuck that right in there. That was mm. that was stealthy. That Metal Gear Solid is rubbing off on you. Yeah, I know. I know. Kyle, are you gonna bring up Metal Gear Solid yeah. after yes. every? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've unlocked the floodgates. Yeah. Uh-huh. I have started. You're playing, playing it, it right now, right? Yeah, we haven't yeah. talked about it at all. Okay, I'll say I want to. I want to hear this. Well, oh, yeah. about, I, <laughs> oh, I'm throwing off the show. We're throwing off the show. Kyle, you're the <laughs> one who started talking about Metal Gear. All right, I'm like, yeah, this Kyle. is your fault. I'm almost certain the run of show just said Metal Gear the whole time. Like, yeah. That was all I got. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. So Alex, you finished one. You're moving on to Charles. You're playing one, right? So my my plan is once Charles finish one finishes one, we're gonna. We're going to do a very timely spoiled episode of the original. <laughs> so timely. Yeah. yeah. Maybe I'll even play through it again. We'll see. Um, but yeah, Alex, you need to get out of here, right? I do. Yeah. I've got to go pick up my car. Cool. Well, yeah, have fun, fun stuff. Uh, I'll, I try, I'll try. I'll try. It'll be nice to have a car again. 
cool. Well, we're uh, it's good to hear from you, and we'll I'm sure we'll see you hear from you next week again, probably, right? Yeah, of course, I'll be here. All right, see ya. Bye. Alex is gone. We got rid of him finally. Frankly, finally. Yeah. Uh, so now begins the uh, complain about Alex segment of the mm-hmm. show. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, Alex is great. We love him. Um, he had to leave because he's busy. We're all busy. Why do you think Marcus isn't here today? He busy. <laughs> This is our He's job. writing a cover story. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, Charles, I want to hear about Mario versus Donkey Kong because I, I, I think I might have to play this game. I want to, I want to hear your final, Im- final review thoughts because we, we talked about it in, in a preview capacity a week or two ago. But now you, mm-hmm. now you can share your thoughts on the entire experience and even assign it a number if you feel so bold. I, I mean, I, I think I have to. <laughs> job wise i have to. right yeah. <laughs> legally speaking uh, the contract says <laughs> if i feel so bold as to do what my job description says <laughs> um i gave an eight gave an eight out of ten cool i enjoy this game um sarah <laughs> did you ever play the original mario versus donkey kong no on the, like on the i want gba no i never like i never had well when i was a kid i didn't have uh, a gba because i wasn't cool enough but um i want to play the new <laughs> one <either. laughs> yeah yeah uh well I've talked about this on GI Show and All Things Nintendo, so I'll try not to retread my step so much. But this was very much a game I'd seen screenshots of, and I was like, I'm sure it's fine. You know, (laughs) I'm sure people like this game. It's not particularly pretty, Mm. and I I really underestimated it. Are you talking about the original Game Boy Advance? The original one, sorry. (laughs) I had never really been that interested in the series because I was like, whatever it is, it doesn't really jump out to me. Um, so when I started playing this game, I was like, oh, I am surprised by how much I like this um, and how much the like old level design really holds up when you modernize it. Um, and I was, I was thinking about, I was like, why, why am I not crazy about this game? Because I, I feel like I've only had positive things to say, but it didn't feel like it was like a really high end review. I think it is like straightforward. Like it is, it is essentially what I thought it was. It's a pretty simple puzzler game. I just think it's like, that core is very good. And I think what I said is uh, in the review, to quote myself, the great thinker Charles Hart, um, <laughs> it is elegant in its simplicity, which is like what you look for in a Mario game specifically. Yeah. Like Mario is very That's good at like... Nintendo's is, good at that across yes. the board. Yeah. Where it's like, this is not hard, this is not complicated, but they have still managed to make it very fun and engaging. And I feel like that. that's how I feel about Mario versus Donkey Kong. And I think I beat... The first eight worlds in like four hours, that was pretty quick. And then once you beat the eight main worlds, there's plus worlds, which I kind of like saw on like the descriptions of the game. It's like, oh, and then there's also plus worlds that you can do. And I'm like, oh, that seems fun. It's just eight more worlds. <laughs> it's just eight <laughs> more harder worlds. So there's really 16 worlds. Um, and that total took me, I, I'd say, like eight or nine hours to do. Um, but yeah, it's like cool I, I guess the i'll say what the game is uh side scrolling uh puzzle platformer so you play as mario you're chasing donkey kong he stole a bunch of toys from the mini mario factory um and in the first half of the level he goes through a locked door so you gotta carry a key to that door and in the second half you gotta find the mini mario who's in like a capsule um and there's a lot of like cool jumps you can do that was one of the things i really enjoyed is you can be really creative of like doing triple jumps to skip a part of the level that you thought you had to do. Or uh, there's like uh, ropes. I think it's in, is it Donkey Kong Jr.? Is that a game? 
Is Donkey Kong 2 starring Donkey Kong Jr.? I'm saying this. I know there's a little, little gorilla. I, I'm just that laughing at the phrase the Donkey vines. Kong Jr. Is that a game? <laughs> yeah. I think that's a funny phrase. <laughs> like I'm in yes, a pitch it, meeting. Was, it was the sequel to Donkey Kong. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. He, they exist, the Jr. version. <laughs> yeah. yeah okay. They're for real. They're, I've seen them. <laughs> <laughs> I have heard, and correct me if I'm wrong here, Donkey Kong Jr. grows up to be Donkey Kong that's in like the Donkey Kong Country series and Cranky Kong is the original oh, Donkey Kong. Yeah. I don't know yeah. the, the Donkey Kong family tree personally. Yeah. I've not like been keeping up with that, but um, it sounds right. You're convincing okay. me. None of this is important to Mario versus Donkey Kong. I mean, because um, Cranky does talk a lot about like back in my day, like uh-huh. kind of stuff, which and that's the implication. But I mean, it's one of those things you just can't think about it too much or your head's going to yeah. and there yeah. are answers, you know. Uh, the point is, it's all throwbacks to those like original like arcade games right. of just the mechanics and stuff. One thing that they did change, and I didn't really realize it until today when I was rewatching old cutscenes from the game, Mario had a mouth in the original version of this game. He was so mean to Donkey Kong, and it's <laughs> so funny. Um, Hang on, can I Google this? I don't even know. Please. Like, what do you mean he has I a mouth? I actually have a, I have a link ready. I sent it to the Slack this morning because I I just thought it was so funny. Oh, um, I yeah. actually think I. I just can't well, believe actually, I'm actually. I'm not. Mario I'm not now. really set up to play the audio from it. Um, I, don't I just just for Sarah, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. No, uh, I, I will. <laughs> I'm, I'm frantically googling Mario Mouth, which is just like the most stupid thing I've ever <laughs> put into Google. Mouth. Mario Mouth, please. <laughs> no, He's just like. I regret saying that now, actually. Mario Mouth, please. That's the title of this episode of the podcast. Yeah. Can now. you please cut that whole section just for my... Sure. We'll bleep it. That's yeah. fine. It's like going to be the entrance and the exit. You play it twice now. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, please move but on from Mario Mouth. He's got a, like... There's a part where he's just, like, muttering under his breath in this, like, rapid Italian gibberish or Italian-esque sounding gibberish. I don't know. And he's like, come back here, you big ape. Or no, he says, big a monkey. He calls him a monkey. And I'm like, you're not a monkey. So you're wrong, Mario. Um, <laughs> I, all I'm saying, he's really mean. He calls Donkey Kong a monkey. There's a bunch of, like, rapid Italian gibberish. There's a part, like, after you beat, like, boss battle Donkey Kong. And he goes to empty his burlap sack, which had all the toys in it. And it's empty now because you've been collecting throughout all the game. So Mario points at him and laughs. And then all the toys you rescue show up and point at him and laugh. And then a bunch of toads show up and point at him and laugh. And it's like, no wonder Donkey Kong is lashing out and raiding all these factories and stuff. He's being severely mistreated by all these people. Um but in this game, none of that happens. Mario's a lot, much more reasonable character. He's not pointing and laughing. So that's cut out from the original. They don't have that stuff anymore. Is what you're saying? In in the remake, yeah, it's not it's not a one to one. So that's that's something that I loved about Mar- the Mario RPG remake last year. Mm. Is that th- there's like a couple of occasions where you get a choice to respond to somebody, <laughs> and there is an option where Mario can be a total jerk. Like yeah. there was like this kid who's like jumping this toad, and he's like. I'm going to be as strong as you one day, Mario. And you can respond like, yeah, get, get real, kid. Like, you can be like a total <laughs> jerk. And I I appreciated so much playing Mario RPG that they kept all that stuff. Yeah. So I'm a little disappointed that they sort of sanded off Mario's edges for the remake here. They really did. And it also, like, it started, it got to the point where I was like, 
it the plot doesn't matter. It's not important. But watching it, I was like, man, Donkey Kong's really just doing a lot of stuff kind of out of nowhere. It's it's kind of weird that he there was one sword that didn't have the toy that he wanted, so he stole all of them from the factory and then went on a rampage. That's a and real Wario one, reaction, by the way. Yeah. That's like literally the plot of Wario where the first <laughs> one, I think. Uh but in this one, it's like he steals a bunch of toys and Mario's like yeah, you're terrible. Now you stupid monkey. And then Donkey Kong's like, ah, I got to get out of here. Now, <laughs> Hold on, Charles. Uh, you know, they recently recast Mario. Yeah. I think they're going to have to recast him again after that <laughs> performance, I think. That oh, you really think good. I should be Mario? Yeah. <laughs> Mario movie. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I was thinking about how he doesn't say the words in this order, but Mario does say, Mamma Mia, here we go again. And now that's a, that's a movie. That's a song. <laughs> That's ABBA. That's weird. Is that an ABBA reference, maybe? <laughs> Definitely like not, because it's not, it's not back to back. There yeah. is a, a clip from oh, the original okay. where he goes, here we go again, again. And they clearly like cut the word again and put it on for when you go into the plus worlds. And I appreciate <laughs> oh, that's that. Uh, Anyways, good game. Recommend. Um, it's a good, It's it's like a pretty, like, small package I, I didn't mention there's other stuff i've talked about some of my preview but there's like a new casual mode i like there's a co-op mode if you want to play through this with a friend but yeah relatively small it is like a 50 dollars game so it's not their like full price but it's also not like 40 dollars. but i don't know if that's just inflation and all the 40 dollars games are 50 dollars now but yeah who knows uh i i yeah i want to play it i'm still playing through lost crown on switch but I, this is definitely the like in my queue of like this is seems like just a great little because you, you could check in and solve a puzzle and check out right yeah that seems great a great like while you're watching TV game yeah Mario's nice now Mario's polite these days so that's you know <laughs> there you go <laughs> he'll be nicer to you yeah if you want to call back to the old days of Mario being a jerk go back and play Mario RPG from last year sorry this one's not going to do it for you I reckon do you think it was like the movie makeover and now he has to be nice. Yeah. Like yeah. since the movie, he's like, I gotta revamp my image. I'm a nice guy these days. Yeah. And I always have been. Look at this <laughs> I'm so nice at this. Erasing the past. I'm very nice. See, I've never pointed <laughs> or laughed at anyone. That's that was that, yeah, that was a different that was a different person. That was a different <laughs> that was my other other brother. Yeah. Cool. Well, I yeah, I'm excited to to play because I, I only I touched the original. My wife's a big fan of the original. She played it on Game Boy Advance back in the day, but like I, I never played it. So I, I I'm I want to check it out for sure. Um, so I have I have a handful of smaller games I, that I want to talk about, but tr- please don't just tr- let make me monologue the whole time. Nobody wants to listen to that. So you know I'll go quickly throw questions my way. Uh, yeah, I got a, a handful of games uh, that recently got. Steam Next Fest demos, or in the case of uh, Hellskate, which I want to talk a little bit about, I believe at the at the time that this podcast uh, posts, it will have it will have released in early access. Oh, cool. uh, Hellskate. But uh, first up, I want to talk a little about Tomb Raider Remastered, which mm. came out this week, and it's um, I played the PlayStation Five version, and what it is is like it's kind of like one of my favorite type of remasters or remakes, I guess you could say, where it is like really sticks to the original like this this is truly like the original tomb raiders and then they just put like a a glaze of high definition on top of it like they upgraded the sort of textures of the levels they upgraded laura's character model but uh, otherwise like it's identical 
and you just you press the start button to switch back and forth between the original version oh. and the new version, which is like something plenty have plenty of games have done. But I just always really like it. Like I love with remakes the ability to just sort of click back and see what oh, it yeah. used to look like. Um, and they also the other big upgrade, I guess you could say, is that it has like uh, modern controls. Like you can because ch- like. The original Tomb Raiders, 1, 2, and 3, which all, those three games are included on the remastered collection, is a very tanky game. Like, it almost feels closer to Resident Evil. Um, but you can now... They, there's an option to play it where it feels sort of like a contemporary sort of 3D action game. But, like, I I really... I love Tomb Raider 2013, sort of the, the reboot of the series. Uh, like, to the point where I think it's almost a little underrated. Like, that game is so good... That uh, that was like one of one of my like first. Uh, that game came out. I'm gonna. I'm. Uh, everyone it hates when I say every time. We can't. We can't <laughs> dance around it, Charles. You're gonna. I was feel old. 13 years old. Oh my god! I was a and... professional. I was working at Game Informer. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah. Well, hang on. What year did it come out? I need to understand. 2013. 2013. Yeah. And you were 13. Yeah, I was born in 2000. Just makes oh. the math easy. Hold I'm, on. I'm not What's that it? much older, so I feel kind of okay about this, actually. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Sorry. I'm the only one that feels old. I get yeah. to feel old. That, that, Charles, that was an M-rated game. What were you thinking? I was cool. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I, I was a cool kid, maybe. I don't know. No, I just... It was It was like... Uh, I, I played that before I ever played an Uncharted. There's a lot of games that that game is like, but that in my mind is like the first one I ever played. So it's like the OG for me. So I have a lot of specific nostalgia for 2013 Tomb Raider. So I've always been kind of interested in going back to the other stuff just out of like, what, is, what did this girl used to be doing? You know, <laughs> I mean, that's that's a, that's almost 100 percent where I am as well. They uh, Tomb Raider Legend came out on Xbox 360. I'm trying to think of the timeline. And they also fully properly remade the original tomb raider at one point um which it was like you know they started from zero and made a new game and called it tomb raider and i played those but 2013 is like i mean i think it's like the best tomb raider with a bullet like i think it's so far far and above better than all the other tomb raider games um even its sequels but but all that being said like i i'm very happy to have this opportunity now to like go back and see you know play the original game somewhat close to how it really was like you can make it look better and it controls better but you can also play with the original visuals and the original controls um so i i I, it's like in the same way that metal gear solid to bring it back around again i just won't shut up about metal gear solid (laughs) got that remastered collection 10 12 references today i think of it i can't believe we got through mario versus donkey kong without Yeah, true. Because they they're like the M? same story, right? The, the same it's like story. the same, yeah. Because yeah. right. yeah. well, because Revolver Ocelot raids the mini snake mm-hmm. factory, yeah. 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 And then Mario, uh, then a ninja shows up and cuts off Donkey Kong's hand. That's <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. But um, I but like I loved having the Metal Gear remastered collection just because it's like it's almost like breathing a sigh of relief. It's like okay, I can I have access to these games now and I can play them on a contemporary platform. And that's how I feel about Tomb Raider. And I and I like I don't if I'm being honest, like I'm not gonna play through those games and beat them. But like I really enjoyed booting each of the three up and playing you know like a little bit of each and having a better understanding of like Laura Croft's roots, which is nice and like. 
supposedly, you know, they're working on a, a new Tomb Raider. Uh, who knows what that is and what it'll be. But like, uh, I, so I, I think it's, I think it's the right way to approach a package like this, you know, like jazz it up a little bit, but make sure you keep the original games on there for, yeah. for those who want it. I think it's nice to see so many games like that. I like when I was younger, like couldn't afford the console for, and then now it's like definitely can't afford the vintage console for, <laughs> even though I have yeah. some money, but still no, um, to see them come back in a capacity that lets me at least play the story. Cause I think that's what I found is that like, especially reading a lot of like video games, history books, you kind of think like, Oh, that would have been nice if I could play that. But like, there's no way for me to play that where it's like, now it's nice to have that option. And it's like, obviously up to the people that played originally, whether it's good or not. And then you don't really know. Cause time has been long, but, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. time has been long. Time, time has been long. Yeah. I'm, I'm the great thinker these days, actually in the podcast, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the, the new <laughs> but yeah, it's nice for yeah someone who didn't have everything as a kid now to have every, that sounds really grim, but I had everything. But anyway, all this to say, <laughs> it's nice. <laughs> it's nice. Yeah. Full uh. stop. <laughs> But yeah, cool. So I, uh, from developer uh, Aspire, who does a lot of ports and things like that. So it's like, I, good job. I, I, I think this is solid. I, I guess I, I am a little spoiled lately with other collections of like having more historical documentation and stuff on them and like behind the scenes on the development. This doesn't really have a lot of that, but you know, to have the the games proper is is very nice. Um. Yeah, a couple other games I want to talk about. I, I there's a demo as far as Steam Next Fest for Crow Country, which. Uh, comes from the developers of snipper clips of all people <gasps> like it, it but it's kind of, charles don't get excited it's almost like completely <sighs> irrelevant because it's like it has like nothing it's not a co-op game it's not like a puzzle game it is like a scary silent hill inspired oh, throwback oh. like game hell yeah yeah oh yeah that's how i felt about it when i first saw the, the, I mean, the footage of it i just like i guess i'm gasping more of joy because i just like that the snipper clips devs made that so if they made something new i'm like i mean you made snipper clip so yeah. it's like if someone's yeah. like a really good baker and they're like i'm making steak tonight and i'm like i trust you man yeah <laughs> yeah you know they what you're doing in the games as well it's like a mystery graphic novel kind of thing that's getting a sequel too so it's funny Wait. after snipper clips they're like going all in on uh on like murder stories <laughs> or like scary stuff time out time out real quick. time out did they real. do tangle tower uh, I just clicked on the developer, and I I don't think, I think I'm so. seeing. Oh my gosh, dude! I love that game. The Mermaid's Tongue is. Let's see, just to double check. I don't want to, because like they're S- SFB, right? SFB. Yeah. Games. Yeah, oh the Mermaid's Tongue. Gosh. Yeah, yeah. And Tangle. Oh, Tower. I'm so down, dude. Tangle Tower <laughs> is like, if if someone played Phoenix Wright, the Ace Attorney games, like, what if this was like sick as hell? Okay, sorry. I like I like the Ace Attorney games. I like the Ace Attorney games so much. Whoa. There's just there's stuff in this where it's it's clear that someone played those and like I want to make my own version. I'm going to improve some stuff. That's how I feel yeah. about it. I feel like it does really well. So sorry, while, I totally derailed you, you, but I'm I'm down with Crow Country. That sounds Tangle cool. Tower. Is that like an M-rated game? Is that like super no. violent? Okay, cool. I'm always on the lookout for Phoenix Wright likes uh, for my for my daughter because she she really likes oh it's those kind it's of games. perfect it's on Apple Arcade oh, um, it's like a I'm buying that for her this afternoon <laughs> it's like a, fu- a it's a fully voiced murder mystery it's got like a great cartoon art style yeah um, yeah beautiful great oh game. my gosh I just cool. looked up the art for Crow Country that looks so cool yeah what so a yeah, cool I style. mean this all started with Crow Country but it's like it's a PS one throwback it's got this weird 
pixelated kind of look. The the character models are like the way I would describe them is like there was an era, like a Final Fantasy VII yeah. original era, where they were like, we don't, we can't really get that close to humans yet, but we're like, <laughs> we're close. These are to shapes. It, and I, yeah, yeah, and that's like because she is made up. Of, the The protagonist is like made up of a series of like spheres. Yeah, it, it, I don't know. It's weird to, but but I played I played the demo and I was really intrigued by it. It's very Signalis. Uh, which came oh, out a year cool. or two ago, which is like very, it's very Silent Hilly. You're walking around a creepy environment, picking up things to like solve puzzles in a different room, and you're checking all the doors to see which one is locked. And and um, it's like a locked overhead camera view. And then the, I, I don't know if I'm going to do it justice, but when you're shooting, you like you know pull up your gun, and unlike Resident Evil or Silent Hill, where you don't really have a lot of control, right? You're just sort of like shooting. You you have full like control over your cursor like with your analog stick so you can get like headshots and stuff like that and it feels really good and i I, there's there's a demo for it and i was i was really impressed with it just like the mood and the look of it and the throwback nature of it but it's like the sort of shooting feels modern and good uh and you're exploring like a haunted amusement park which is kind of the the hook of it all uh and i think it actually i believe it actually has a proper release date or maybe not but i think it is this year like it, it i don't think it's too far off but if you like Signalis, if you like sort of throwback horror games, Silent Hill 1 specifically. If um, you played Metal Gear Solid Collection <laughs> yeah. and you're like, I, I love PlayStation 1 games now. This is if you, you love Metal Gear Solid 1, and, but just wish it were scarier, uh, yeah. Crow Country. Uh, I'm I'm really looking forward to that one. And now uh, I didn't realize we had the biggest SFB games fan on, on the podcast. <laughs> <Apparently>. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, what were the other? And then a couple others that I wanted to talk about briefly. Uh, Pepper Grinder, which has a demo that I think is actually weirdly like not connected to Steam Next Fest. That's just semantics. Oh, there, there's a demo for Pepper Grinder. Uh, it's this game where you pick up a like a, a drill, and then you the way it works is like if you think of Rayman Origins or Rayman Legends swimming which is like some of the best 2D swimming in games where it's like you just have this really smooth control and a rhythm. That's kind of, that's what Pepper Grinder feels like, but you're moving through the ground. Um, And then you can launch yourself from the ground. It's just, it seems, I only played like two or three levels in the demo, but it, it, it feels like that kind of 2D pixelated platformer that I, that I really like. That it's like, you know, maybe like a condo class or something like that. I don't know if you guys played that game and I love that game. Uh, it looks great. It plays great. It's from publisher Devolver, who have kind of earned a reputation of like, this is probably going to be pretty solid. <laughs> you know, yeah. keep an eye on it if you like two D pixelated platformers. I can't remember. I don't know if it was showing at Gamescom last year or whether I was just talking about it with people around the event. But I think uh, from the people that I, I know have played, they'd have they really enjoyed it and they thought it was like really quite cool. And it's kind of like one of yeah. those just kind of like gets under your skin. You want to play kind of games, which seems like yeah, looks really good. Yeah, I, I like what I played. It felt good, right? That's always yeah. sort of the, the the big question with those. And then the and the last game I want to talk about before I throw it to Charles to talk about a couple of, of um little games in this sort of same way is is Hellskate, which I believe is in early access by the time this episode airs. And it is a like heavily Tony Hawk inspired skateboarding game with like some roguelike elements. You're trying to sort of escape from hell which amounts to playing like Tony Hawk sized levels, but also doing combat with like demons and stuff like that. And then the trick you'll unlock 
tricks that will like shoot fireballs. So like if you do like a nose grind, it'll like shoot a fireball at your Oh, enemies. that's awesome. And it's which is like all conceptually very cool. And um the thing that always scares me with skateboarding games is like there was like this sort of there's been in the last couple of years this like sort of explosion of them sort of reemerging. I feel like I've seen a lot of them. Yeah. But there there are a number that I pick up and play and I'm like immediately turned off because it just doesn't quite feel right. And Hellskate maybe to a fault is the closest to Tony Hawk. Like it's it's director was a designer on Tony Hawk Underground, so there's like some overlap there. But like even, you know, all the tricks are mapped to the same buttons. Like we did a new game play today episode of it with Blake Hester who here at Game Informer who's like a huge Tony Hawk fan and he was like calling out the tricks. He's like if you do up and X is that that's like a that's a kickflip. And I was like, yeah. They they all are like one to one, which maybe holds it back a little bit of to towards finding its own identity but at the same time it is it is like the skateboarding game that's not called tony hawk in recent memory that has most immediately clicked with me and felt right maybe because it's so familiar like maybe maybe this is maybe this is a knock against the game but like from my perspective i'm like i just kind of want something that feels like tony hawk and this feels like tony hawk with Mm -hmm. some extra additional cool new ideas on it so and it, but it does it is it is very much an early access game. It feels a little smudgy in that way. It I don't think they're going to be releasing it for like proper 1.0 for a while. But um I I like what I played. Like uh, if you like Tony Hawk and you're sort of and you want sort of a callback Tony Hawk game because we had the remake a couple years ago. Yeah. Um but that's been it for a while. Uh Hellscape, take a look at it. 1 L H E L S K A T E. Oh, that's important. Yeah, and that does it that does it for me for my sort of uh, quick hit games. Charles, do you want to tell me a little bit about it's? It's called Project Orcs, right? Project Orcs. Uh, I believe it's online role playing cooperative storytelling. Let me check my work real quick. Online role play. Yeah, O R C S is an acronym. We all wait in silence as Charles online role playing with collaborative storytelling. <laughs> there we go. See, it's a good thing we checked. Uh, well. It is really cool. So I played this game with the developers, Kyle. I talked a little about Dungeons and Dragons earlier off off the podcast. Yeah. Have you ever played? And how much I hate it. Yeah. You hate it. (laughs) Really scathing. (laughs) It's kind of like if Metal Gear Solid had. Oh, I'm listening now. (laughs) I can't believe I Um, just snorted. (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever played it though, Kyle? Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. That thing from Stranger Things? No, Metal Gear yeah. Solid. Have you ever played Metal oh, Gear Metal, Solid? Oh, Metal Gear Solid I've played. Let me tell you about the good <laughs> word of Metal Gear Solid. Uh, no, Charles, I've actually I've never sat down and played a proper sort of uh, Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, I see the appeal, but it's not not something. Sarah, I've played have myself. have you? Long time player, uh, long time dyer within game as well. <laughs> oh, sick. Okay, so uh, Kyle, I, I I mentioned this because it it feels a lot like you're actually playing Dungeons and Dragons. So. What Project Orcs is, is you are, you jump into like a session where we had it, we had like one person was like the DM, so he was our, I think guide is the word they use in this game, and we had three people that were playing, um, and you're literally just going through this world together, and there's like a set of like quests and locations that you go through, but you are collectively deciding what the story you're going to tell is, and you're like role-playing over the voice chat, and there's, there's a moment really early on, we're all trying to get like starting to get comfortable it was like i was you know the journalist playing there's a pr guy and there was a developer and then there was like a developer that was a guide 
and they were all just kind of talking abstract terms. And I was like, real quick, are we? Do you guys want to role play? Like, do we want to get serious? Because I'll do a character voice. And they're like, yeah, go for it. And I was like, okay, well, I'm my name's Wilbur, and I'm I'm so nervous, and this is this is gonna be a great time, probably not. Um, and no one else committed as hard as I did, but. <laughs> Um, but I could tell they were very excited and it felt a lot like the, just the muscle of playing Dungeons and Dragons, what that was. So what we did is there's like a hub town and, uh, for oh, the and, purpose and of the real, demo. Real quick, Charles, yeah. just to like pause you before you get too deep down the rabbit hole. Like there's a visual element to all this, right? Correct. Like you're looking at like rendered characters and that kind of thing on screen together. Yeah. So okay. picture... I, I, I'm using Baldur's Gate as a comparison just because it's like a video game version of this, but it is like camera angle, like Baldur's Gate. Just picture it a little more cartoony. The difference is that it's like a, they come with like pre-generated worlds, but you have the ability to customize stuff as you're playing the game. Um, so I did, I built a character. They had like a class with like certain abilities and stuff. Um, I was a, I want to call it, I was basically like a ghost knight where I was like a sword fighter, but I had like ghost magic powers. And you were nervous. And, <laughs> and the the way the game works is you'll go on a quest um, and there's like multiple choice. And you guys are collectively deciding what to do. So it was a thing of, I think it was like, are there cultists here or are there undead you're trying to figure out how to deal with? And we would vote for which one. So we voted cultists. And then when you load in, there's just like a little graveyard area and he was like, all right, for a little bit, we're just going to take a minute and we're going to customize it. And everyone had like a bar on the side and you could add in like trees and bushes or characters or structures. So I was like, well, my character's got these ghost powers, so I'm just going to make a few ghosts sitting around. And I would just make a character and then right click it and hit ghost and then they'd be like spectral and stuff. Um, and someone else was like, oh, I think there should be a tower here. Or uh, someone was like, I'm going to make a giant rabbit nearby and that's going to be a thing. So it was like a physical, digital, physical, it's a digital space um, <laughs> with all these items in it. And then we would start role playing and the guide was like our dungeon master and we were like playing as our characters. And then it would basically be like, I, I guess to be clear, a lot of this is like the social boundary of a role playing game of so like our characters were sitting sat outside the graveyard. I could right click inside the graveyard and walk in at any time. Like there's nothing stopping me from moving around. We were just like, oh, well, the guards are there, so they wouldn't let you pass. And so that's why I didn't do it. So there is like it's very much a like at the table, the digital table driven type of experience. Um, it's just a little more guided and you're making decisions together. And one of the things they were saying is they wanted to introduce people to like the idea of a role-playing game, but kind of get rid of some of the barriers that like a Dungeons and Dragons might have of like, I got to read all these rules or I got to learn how to do all this stuff. And it's like, no, you can here, here's a multiple choice test you can do. Here's like a set okay. number of things you can place in this space. So it simplifies things and then also sort of gives you a visual sort of enactment of like what you guys are. Yes. Okay. Interesting. Yes. And then there would be things of, I don't know, one of our guys tried to sneak over the fence to hide in there. And he was like, okay, give me a, I don't know if it was like a sneak check, but there's stuff that's like similar to, you know, skill checks and Dungeons and Dragons. Um, and every time you roll, they're really excited about this boons and banes system where if you roll high enough, it can be like you succeed and something goes really well, or like you find a good item and you get to choose like how your role does well and like what that means. Where it's like, oh, you went really bad. 
do you attract a lot of attention or do you like lose health because you hurt yourself somehow? Um, so it's a thing where like, there's a lot of storytelling that if you're used to that game, you kind of do intuitively. And this game is like, I'm going to put it on paper. These are mechanics. If you want to take advantage of them, here's how you do it. Nice. Um, cool. So yeah, so we played a little demo and it was a fun time. And I think they just announced the game and it'll be going into early access too. But um, I'm excited to see them like flesh this out and add more character classes and, and to like physically see more of the game. Because I, like I, I feel like I did an okay job of describing it, but it is really a thing of like, you do kind of need to sit down and experience it or watch someone play it to get like the full picture. Um, but yeah, it's cool. It sounds like a t- like um, like the middle ground between like a creative tool and a video game right like yeah yeah and i think i i my understanding is they are gonna have like a set like campaign structure basically like you will be working towards a goal um and when we when we completed the thing we got to like level up our hub town and that like unlocks some stuff for you theoretically um but a lot of it could be it's all it's very very player driven cool yeah i know i know you're like you love dungeons and dragons and, and playing those tabletop games and so so you're you're this this could be this could be good for you and you're and you're sort of <laughs> getting people convincing people you. to play with right, i guess right? yeah i do have a uh, there was a, a time where i was early in my relationship with my girlfriend it was her 21st birthday and we went wine tasting with her aunts this is a long road to get to where i'm going all this is to say it was at the end of the end of the day we'd all been drinking a fair amount and one of her aunts was like, so Charles, you really like Dungeons and Dragons, don't you? Why Why is that? What does it do oh. for you? And that that like unlocked something within me. I was like, I just got to tell the world <laughs> how I feel about this game, why it means so much to me. So it is a thing of like, if I wasn't so into video games, I would be like full time. I don't know. Dungeons and Dragons something. Whatever I'd that figure job out. is, but, right? Yeah. <laughs> if I didn't have a job. <laughs> I think you can you can get higher people to be dungeon master for you, right? Yeah, you could be. A there definitely has I don't know. to be a ser- like a service for that. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I'm good enough to be a professional. I just like it a lot. <laughs> you know, I'm I enthusiast. Assume you're good enough. I mean, a... you just did that amazing voice, like yeah. just a few minutes ago. There's been you did Mario two voices. I was gonna Mario. say two voices already. Exactly. Yeah, I I did have a a character named Fibble Stib. That was just Toad. You just steal voices <laughs> from existing people. <laughs> it's like the commitment. Once you start the voice, you then have to do it. Like if you have like a year long campaign, you're like 365 <laughs> days deep. And you're like, I can't keep doing this every day. I can't show up on the weekend and like do this voice. I don't know how to do this voice <laughs> yeah. and come to like an emotional conclusion of a story arc. <laughs> no, mother. <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe oh, the last. God. I think the last game we'll talk about today, Charles. You you had a chance to take a look at. Nightingale. Nightingale. Which yes. to me has always been like the umbrella game. Is that like a fair <laughs> I mean, I know there's a lot more to it than that, but that's that's the one if you're like, what's Nightingale? You can be like, Yeah, you like hold an umbrella and you float around, right? Or am I uh oh, Charles is giving me a look like I'm conflating no, things and I have the there wrong. There are name. umbrellas. I was gonna say I didn't I I never thought of it that way, but I think that's a pretty apt way of the the umbrella is really symbolic for a lot yeah. of stuff. Yeah, well, that I think it's because that it was it was revealed at like a at a game like a summer game, game fest awards. or something or game awards, and that's just the thing that stuck out to me from the trailer. But yeah. you got to see more than that. Yes. So Nightingale is a 
uh, online multiplayer survival game. Um, and the world is very interesting. So it's in this alternate timeline where right around like the age of exploration in the like 15, 16, 1700s, uh, humans learned there's actually a fairy world like the Fey Wilds, it's like a just a mystical land in which like fairies and monsters and all this magical stuff is real. And they made contact with humans. And then a few like hundred years later after that, I can't remember all the details of it, but there's basically some like uh, cataclysmic event and people flee into the this alternate world to try to get away and then end up being stuck in there. So you start off the game like you've just become stranded in this alternate world. Um, but there's a lot of like, like cool world building stuff of like, it takes place in this like Victorian era, Kyle, which is why I think umbrellas are such a thing where it's like, they're not a necessary tool and honestly not like the most practical thing in the survival game, but it's like a floating thing that you can get in the game. Um, and all the fashion is very like Victorian and just, just of that specific era. Um, another thing they do is they fuse like history with fiction so uh in the game they were saying like victor frankenstein is a real person and the book (laughs) frankenstein exists it was just written about all the stuff he did weird okay so he's a real dude (laughs) that's that's just like a thing and he's like a character i I never interacted with him but he'll he'll, like give you stuff You, you he's like a story character um they had a bunch of other instances of like you know, historical figures that are like, this is how they know the fairies or like fictional characters that were like, this is how we're like this. There's a lot of references to Midsummer Night's Dream uh, and all those fairies and stuff. Um, okay. So, yeah. Uh, but the game, and it's a survival game. I mean, are you punching trees yeah. to get wood? Is, is it like, is that what you're doing in the game? <laughs> oh, you're punching trees to get wood. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. Actually, I don't know if maybe you can, I don't know if I actually punched a tree. Now is that, that I'm like thinking about tools? It. There are tools. I think I gathered sticks, made an axe, and then chopped at the tree. Oh, okay. But maybe maybe okay. you can punch the tree. I just don't think I tried that. Okay. And that I know that sounds dismissive. That's like simplifying it. Off, often that just happens to be the first thing you do in survival yeah, games. Like that's I played Power World. I played Power World and I was like, oh, this is like a this is I'm punching trees in this game. Okay. I didn't realize that's what I was getting myself into. But um, I know if I'm ever stranded in a survival situation, I'm just gonna start punching a maple. It's like, what else going to do? You know, when they ask you, like, what would you take on a stranded island? I would take a tree to punch, personally. <laughs> I would take these hands. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want a tree in my fists and I'm good. I've played Minecraft. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? But I mean, what, being shown, because you were part of like a, a showcase for it. Are you intrigued? Like, does it, did it get your attention or Nightingale in general? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't get to play, spend that much time with it, which was more on me. Like, they gave us plenty of time. I just had a lot of stuff going on. Um, I played like an hour or two and I basically was just doing all those like beginner survival stuff of like, I made a wooden axe and then I made a stone axe that was a little bit better. And I made like a little house, but the the thing, one of the things they mentioned that I thought was really cool is they have this like kind of like tarot card system where they have, uh, cards that you can use on these like portal generators that basically can change the world that you're in. So if you're in like a forest biome 
and you're like, oh, I really need to kill this animal because that's how I can get this you know, specific tool. You can go and put like the swamp card in your generator and it'll like generate you a swamp world and you can okay. go and do that. Um, and then you That's can cool. add, there's like major cards like that that change the whole biome. And then there's minor stuff of like, and this is like happy enemies where it's like, actually, instead of wolves, there's going to be like nice bunnies and stuff. You don't have to worry about hostile enemies and stuff. Um, that's just an example. I don't know if that's actually a card. There's a lot of like modifiers you can do. Um, so that to me is one of the most interesting things. Of, I just like the idea of being like, I want a new thing. I'm going to create a new world to explore, basically. Um, and yeah, it seems cool. It's also a thing of they're, they've got like a long like roadmap planned out of like they're ready for people to come in to do early access. They want people to be playing this game for a long time. One of the things they talk about is games as a space which I thought was really interesting of like you and your friends don't go to the mall anymore. You go to destiny two or you go to Fortnite, and they want, sure. they're like Nightingale is going to have enough stuff that they want it to be like a place. And I was like, what, what a goal to have. That's so nice. Interesting philosophy. I think especially cool. when you like live so far from everybody, like a lot of my friends, yeah. like, I mean, different countries and everything. So I think that is like a fair place. Like you want a game that's going to be, you know, for everybody to hang out. Yeah. And I like that. It's like, we're, we're taking steps to do this, yeah. not just like yeah. <laughs> we're going to make a big looter shooter and hope everyone plays it all the time forever. And then they'll give us money. It was more like, no, what what are these people going to want to do here? You can say Suicide Squad. Uh, I didn't yeah. say it, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say it either. I said you could. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, well, I think that so we got a couple. I will, I'll do some housekeeping, and then we'll we'll close out with uh, what I I think is going to be a new recurring segment for the game. <laughs> I board, completely so. forgot we were doing. Stuff. <laughs> no, I never forget. Um, and uh, yeah, no no questions this week, but we'll get back to those soon. Um, some housekeeping, always a good reminder. Uh, you can buy single issues of physical Game Informer magazines. Uh, GameStop.com/slash/GameInformer. Issues are seven ninety nine. Yep, Charles is holding up the Final Fantasy VII Rebirth issue, which uh, is up there. So you can get that Rebirth issue, which was an awesome cover. Um, and I, I, Apex will be up there. Put soon. Put that away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's too hot. Sephiroth <laughs> is on fire. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then, of course, follow us on all our social media platforms: uh, Twitter or X or whatever we're calling it these days. Blue Sky Threads. I put stuff up there. That's me posting those things. I'm doing it. Uh, TikTok, you can find us on TikTok and uh, twitch.tv slash Game Informer. We play, uh, the thing we do consistently is replay every Friday afternoon. Marcus Stewart and I right now are playing um, uh, Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask. I love that game. I've played it a few times. Marcus is playing it for the first time. That's been a blast. And you know what, guys, you'll never guess what we played last week. Was it? um, It wasn't Majora's Mask. But it was it... another M game. <laughs> Could was you... it uh, uh, Mario Crow Mario? Country? Yeah, maybe no. Mario though. Maybe no. Oh, yeah. Guys, it was Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> what? What? God, I didn't you like Metal Gear. Solid. I didn't think you were into that kind of like game. I just really felt like it was yeah. like yeah. It's uh, basically my personality. Um, <laughs> but no, we uh, uh, we jumped into the middle of Alex's game and happened to play like genuinely like maybe the best hour of that game. Like it wasn't planned that way, but a lot of cool stuff happens over the course of that hour. Uh, so you can check that out. That's the most uh, recent episode of replay. Yeah. And then of course, listen to our other sort of podcast from Brian Shea, all things Nintendo and shout out to Matt, AKA DJ Stormageddon, who does the fun and games and reignite podcast. They edit this thing. If you're listening to this, it's because they edited it. <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. Going to make me sound Ooh, really pro. cool and regular and normal. <laughs> Uh, and you can also check out Game Informer's Discord channel. When we do questions on the podcast, that is that is typically where we pull them from. And the way that uh, you get into that is you subscribe to our, our t- Twitch channel. You just need to subscribe once and we'll let you into our, our Discord channel. And uh, we pop in there and share things and talk about things and take uh, podcast questions. So, hey, I appreciate it. Thank you, everybody. All right. Final segment, new segment, I a recurring segment, I think. Uh, for when Charles Hart, I've I've started a few recurring segments and they've only ever been like a single thing. So, okay. but this one I'm really committed to because we have a lot of content ready to go. <laughs> we have, we and by we, I mean Charles exclusively. <laughs> <laughs> but this is, of course, the lunch break colon like a dance break, but with lunch, and then parentheses a working title. That's what this whole segment is called. Um, Charles, do you want to set this up or do you want me to set this up? Sarah sure. has no idea what's going on. She's. I was gonna <laughs> say, I'm just happy to be here, quite frankly. <laughs> yeah, uh, right. Let me explain it. So I am a type of person. I don't like to do the same thing over and over again. I just get bored. So I like to like, you know, spice it up. Like just now you saw with the Game Informer <laughs> magazine. I've never fanned my face because it's been so hot before. I'm, <laughs> just, I'm just goofy, silly like that. Um so I at one point when clocking out for lunch, I wrote a little parody song um, and it was to the tune of Come on Eileen. And it was lunchtime for me grabbing something to eat like a sandwich. We will have to see. That was the first one. And that was it. That's what started I, did it you post that on Twitter? Because I actually feel like I remember this. I did actually. Yeah. I saved a bunch of screenshots of it. Of those. Yeah. I still do that every time I go to lunch. Today, yeah, they're, they're just written, right? Like you just write out, hey, here's, yeah. here's today's lunch parody song. Uh, which I sing them to myself, to be clear, because oh, I have good. to make sure all the syllables and the, the lyrics flying up. Today was, I did Sunflower by Post Malone, and it was some flour when you're baking a pie crust. Um, but you made a whole pie for lunch? <laughs> yeah. It's... Kyle, they're not, they're not usually autobiographical. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> often they are, though, right? <laughs> uh, maybe 5% of the time it's what I'm oh, actually doing. This, this um, breaks my whole understanding of your yeah. It was all it's a made, lie? <laughs> it's way, I've done like, anyways, I've done like 100 of these. Yeah. But some of them, I've recorded actual songs for. <laughs> Kyle is like, we gotta, we gotta show this to someone. Because it's weird yeah. that we're just dropping it in this hole and, and some people they are can't just exist funny. on our slack channel for just t- eight people like that's not right. enough <laughs> so i guess this we're gonna do the first one today yeah um it's a parody of a bo burnham song wtf igo and can i or do i just have to mark the it's what the f is going on is what the song is. yeah great song um, yeah great song. yeah bo burnham's great mm. good guy um, but yeah, I love Charles when you when you go the extra step. This is not me encouraging you to do extra work, by the way. Uh, please don't it's, don't overburden yourself. But I do. No one has ever asked me to do this. <laughs> yeah, this, is not, this is not an so, assignment. But I always yeah. I'm always excited when I see a little media file show up, <laughs> and you're like, "Here's today's lunch song." I'm like, "All right, let's see what this thing is." And we're gonna start playing them on the podcast. We're going to share these with the world and we're, we're going to do whenever Charles is on. I think we'll do one and, and we've got a backlog and we're just going to do one today. Did you have a name for this parody uh, specifically? Uh, I didn't really name it. It was about 
it's the the concept is uh, that feeling when you want a snack but you want it to be spicy. You want a spicy snack. <laughs> nice. Okay. All right, relatable. everybody ready? Oh, sorry, sir. Go ahead. What were you saying? Oh, I was just saying relatable. <laughs> oh. Okay. All right. So hopefully, I, I have it set up. I think so you guys can hear it, and we'll we'll listen we'll listen to it. All right. Here we go. This is again the segment, the lunch break colon, like a dance break but with lunch, parentheses working title. All right. Here we go. I'm gonna be snacking. I'm gonna be snacking. I'm gonna be eating. Something hot. I'm gonna be snacking, I'm gonna be snacking, I'm gonna be eating something hot, I'm gonna be eating something hot. I'm gonna be snacking, I'm gonna be snacking, I'm gonna be eating something hot, spicy Cheetos, something hot. Mmm, spicy Cheetos. I wanna eat something hot, I wanna eat something hot, I wanna eat something hot. The production value on this is like <laughs> I know. <laughs> Charles is giving that for free to just yeah. a small Slack channel. Song of the summer. Do you know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. But Charles, um, just just stellar work. Hopefully, I'm, my you. only fear is that YouTube flags us as like, uh, <laughs> that's the original I, song. You can't be, just be sharing that. Um, but it's transformative. I, it's yeah, exactly. It's I mean, it's proper parody. Yeah, I is, did take yeah. a. I downloaded like a karaoke version, so I didn't. I didn't do okay. all the instruments and stuff. Oh, okay. Um, but no, just I love it. Yeah, and that and was Charles amazing. Has, Charles has a bunch of these. Like, well, it's that's not just that's the first one. Uh, I like the one. The one. Oh, go go ahead. Oh, I was just like, when's the EP dropping? Like, when enough have been like launched <laughs> on the show? Yeah. So the two thing the the one thing I'll say is I am planning Kyle a pretty elaborate one for my one year lunch song anniversary, which is in <laughs> okay. March. All right. Um. So well, that'll hey, stay tuned for the be, podcast. It'll be on here. Yeah. Because you know? previously, um, the only way to hear it. Was to become employed at Game Informer <laughs> and be a part of the Slack channel. Or I guess exactly. probably no Charles personally. I'm sure you share it with other people. But. I, yeah, I show it to my brother. Yeah, um, see, there you go. I'm going to be so you either DMs. You either get employed at Game Informer uh, or you're Charles's brother. So that's, yeah. the, the, previously, those were the <laughs> only ways to hear Andre it. Fingers Hart. crossed yeah. for the second one for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was going to say the one I probably did, it was like most effort to littlest reward, but I was like, I have to do this. I kept getting sick over the winter, but I had the idea for so long that I had to do 12 days of Christmas, but like lunch food song themed. And I think the day I did it, I don't know if anyone was in. I don't even remember. I think I dropped it in when like everyone else was on vacation. <laughs> but it was like a matter of principle for me of like, I, I told myself I would do this. Well, hey, maybe next time you're on, maybe next week, if you're on next week, we'll play that one specifically. Well, I teased it. So it seems fair. There you go. Cool. Well, hey, that's the Game Informer Show podcast this week. Thanks for being on, Sarah. I really appreciate it. Thank yeah, you for thanks. having me. Thank you for talking yeah. about only Metal Gear Solid for the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Have you played Metal Gear Solid, Sarah? No. The, the funniest thing, <laughs> okay. not to sidetrack quickly, but my partner literally, like the other night, 
randomly was like, can I explain the entire plot of Metal Gear Solid from one to current? And I listened to it. It was like an hour and a half. It was actually very good, to be fair. Fair play to them. So I do understand it, but I haven't played them yet. Well, I think the first one's like 10 hours. It's not very long. But, you know, all things considered. I definitely but, uh, should. Yeah. It's great. I, and according to Alex, it, you know, it, it holds up okay. I don't know if you feel the same, Charles, but it holds up pretty well, yeah. right? Maybe. I really like the I'm going to cut your feet it. if you say anything. <laughs> so you know. Some of some of the dialogue and the characterization of women, I'm like, this oh, that's is, a good point. Yes, this is yeah. not great. Yeah, um, just the lines and the amount of times he talks about Meryl's butt. I'm like, you can calm down, solid. Is it There's weird? other things going on, but God, I I do not want to defend those elements of the game at all. But it is kind of a plot point. <laughs> it, Wait, the it is a plot point. Yeah. Wait, what? So, okay, now I definitely so, I don't remember that coming up in the chat I had. <laughs> She's disguised as a soldier, and there's yeah. a whole like puzzle where you identify it's her because of her like feminine stride. Yeah, because yeah. Snake keeps talking about it, but she does her kind of like you know she how walks you differently girls. than the male <laughs> yeah. soldiers, the and that's how you identify her. Yeah, yeah, Fair perfect game, always yeah. uh, gonna be perfect forever. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, no, but I I do I do love those games, and I'm sorry I keep talking about it, but I want to do when you finish one, Charles, we'll do a, yes. a, a spoiled on it, which will be fun for me uh, and hopefully you. <laughs> but uh, yeah, thanks for tuning in this week. Thanks to Alex who had to duck out early, and Charles, of course, and uh, yeah, we'll have a Hell Divers two review on the site from Sarah pretty soon, I think. Right? That's yeah, plan. it should be very soon. <laughs> cool. Well, thanks for tuning in, everybody, and we will be back next week. See ya. Bye. Bye.